summon your motivation. Let it be as clear as you can make it. Feel the emotion and the power that is the energy that is in, in it. And stir the energy of that motivation until it becomes physically felt. It becomes palpable. And knowing that you're about to enter meditative state, you need to enter meditative state to fulfill the objective of this motivation. Let the energy that you feel in this motivation, let that energy begin to bring about a sense of tranquility in the body, in the breath, as well as the mind. Let the energy of that determination not only bring about a sense of tranquility, but also mm -hmm. a heightened sense of alertness. holding on to that energy, that motivation, and sit hovering over the body to allow the body time through its own intelligence to absorb this motivation, to make it its own, to make the aspiration to enter a meditative state also the aspiration of the body. in the body that are disintegrating, dissolving into tranquility, dissolving into aspects of ease. attention systematically from one part of the body to the next. Begin first with the legs, just holding on to your motivation, your strong determination, and allowing your mind to be aware of what's happening with the legs. And listen to the insight coming from the body, guiding you as to the best way to physically adjust the body, physically adjust the legs, energetically adjust the legs. And make the necessary adjustments. And the adjustments should further enhance the sense of tranquility or stabilize 
a sense of tranquility that you have already achieved. you felt you feel a sufficient sense of tranquility with the legs then move your attention now to the arms the hands elbows and shoulders and just let the body guide you through insight, how best to physically adjust the body, the, the, the arms, the hands, how best to energetically adjust them so that the journey toward tranquility can continue, be further enhanced and stabilized. attention now to the torso, the back especially. Still holding strongly to your determination. Continue to just hover your attention over the back and torso until you feel a palpable sense of ease with the torso. And in addition to that tranquility and ease, a physical sense of confidence. Then move your attention to the head and neck. Zoom in on mouth, teeth, tongue, allowing them to just rest in their natural places. And the eyes, mm -hmm. 
once you reach the eyes, go back again to that whole sense of the body, but this time discern the level of tranquility that you're experiencing within the body as compared to earlier. from within this new sense of tranquility, bring your attention to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows, again recall your motivation, what you're thinking is happening with your attention in that space in front of you, at the level of your eyebrows. Again, feel the energy of your determination. How the energy is further enhancing the sense of tranquility and how the sense of tranquility is enhancing feeling the energy of your motivation. And gently bring your attention to the breath. Be aware that you have made your decision to enter meditative state. Be aware of the reason why you are entering that sacred space. And continue to simply no in-breath when in-breath is happening. No out-breath when out-breath is happening. And be aware of that momentum of tranquility slight level of luminosity, the sense of ease, slowly moving, and knowing that it's going to transform into a stillness of pure joy. Allow your mind to go to the body, even in a scattered way, perhaps, while still holding on to 
your, your attention, your awareness of the breath. Going to various parts of the body where little adjustments are needed, either energetically or physically, and infuse those places with a sense of ease, with a sense of tranquility and stillness. that sense of the body arising to the surface of awareness, a sense of the body distinct from the body subject to gravity, a sense of the body that feels light, luminous. Staying aware on the breath, make a clear intention to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken. While you follow the breath, being aware of the beginning, the duration and end of in-breath and out-breath. Continue this until you become aware of the first sense of non-duality, a sense of indistinguishable quality to the breath and the body, united, joined together in that sense of luminosity arising from the body. Being aware of the enhanced sense of the tranquility, 
sense of ease, a palpable sense of luminosity in the breath, the mind, the body. space in front of you, at the level of your eyebrows. Your motivation, a strong determination. So in the same way you would, after settling the body, make a decision not to allow your not to allow yourself to move the body under some sort of compulsion but in the same way make a strong decision based on your determination whatever comes into the field of your awareness will be an aid to help you achieve your goal space now invoke the presence of the infallible means through which you will achieve this goal, the objective of your determination, your infallible guide. And see or feel the infallible guide appearing in a form that is luminous, having a luminous presence. And connect that sense of the presence with the conviction that this is the infallible means, the definite means through which you will achieve the objective of your determination. And when you feel that merging, that next non-dual perception, within that moment, express your reverence. When you find that moment, Express your gratitude. And keep going back to that moment and take refuge.
steady, losing the momentum towards tranquility and ease. Now strengthen your determination further. Determine to avoid what you can avoid that nurtures distraction. And to take on those habits that will nurture tranquility. presence to the crown of your head. Strengthen your conviction that this is the absolute, definite, sole means to help you achieve your goal, or through which you will achieve your goal. and be aware of its bright presence. Ready, take that presence into your heart center and let your identity, your mind merge with that bright presence.
attention back to the breath. During this time, become aware of the breath that has physical attributes of heat, coolness. And let that breath allow you to become again aware of the body that is subject to weight, subject to gravity. Stretch your legs now <laughs> to be more comfortable. Uh, a lot of the times we are more aware of. Um, what to expect from a particular meditation uh, than from the state of meditation itself. The state of meditation becomes sometimes a bit vague as to what it's supposed to be exactly. How do we, stand, how do we, we distinguish the very state of meditation itself from whatever we are meditating on? So those are two different things. Uh, whatever you're meditating on, the state of meditation should be uh, a common experience to whatever you're meditating on. Whether it is something that you, are, whether it is uh, the two main meditation objects, for example, uh, are wisdom and, and compassion, right? So whether you're meditating on wisdom to gain insight, whether you're meditating on a compassion to broaden your compassion, to broaden your sensitivity, uh, the state of meditation itself is the same, but the result will be different. The result of bodhicitta, your heart is more open, uh, more sensitive to other people's uh, pain. Uh, wisdom, you will become more aware of, uh, uh, more sensitive to causes, more sensitive to effect in the relationship, more sensitive to... Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, the nature of things. That's what's supposed to be. Okay. But sometimes, uh, when we are trying to meditate on something like wisdom or bodhicitta, we are uh, we have expectations of what we're supposed to come, what's supposed to come out of the meditation, and because we're not too familiar with the state of meditation itself, we think that because we've reviewed the steps, for example, the eight steps, the nine steps, or whatever steps you're supposed to be reviewing, 
or whatever steps are supposed to be involved in the, uh, the, the meditation where you acquire bodhicitta or where you acquire wisdom. We've gone through the reviewing and we think that the reviewing is actually the, the process where we actually are supposed to come out with insight or the process where we're supposed to come out with bodhicitta. Uh, the reviewing and the, uh, the process are two different things. For you to actually have uh, an actual outcome of transformation, you must be in meditative state. So, and the, and the there can be uh, just an exercise of just getting into meditative state itself. So you become familiar with, with the attributes of, me, of the state of meditation. Then when you become familiar with that, then you're able to enter into that state. Then you can apply the eight steps, the ten steps, and then actually come out with some sort of insight, actually come, so, come out with some sort of open-heartedness that stays with you, not just that you have a taste of doing the meditation, but that stays with you, that you carry out with, uh, with you outside of the meditation itself. Because the whole the goal is not for you to uh, be able to uh, stay in meditation for the rest of your existence. Meditation has a purpose. It's, it's supposed to lead to something where you no longer need meditation, where you no longer have to sit down and then do this exercise and then continue with some, with some other uh, thing in, uh, in your life. Okay? There's supposed to be an end to having to, to meditate. Okay? And that's what you want when you do the insight meditation, when you do the uh, bodhicitta meditation or whatever other kind of meditation you're doing. In uh, the Samadhi Nimurchana Sutra, where my Lord Maitra is asking the Buddha, okay, how do we meditate? What, what, what are the steps? Uh, that's where um, mainly uh, within the Tibetan tradition, that's, that's the focus on meditation, on, on, on the how to meditate, on the, uh, and the, which is called the dynamics of meditation come from. In there, the, the the question begins with you know how do you get how do the bodhisattvas get all their tricks all their realizations how do the hinayanas get all their realizations and it all depends on two things the Buddha says it depends on tranquility and insight so it depends on being able to calm your mind and being able to use that calming of the mind to analyze reality that's where you get all those other all those beautiful attributes that you hear about the Bodhisattvas have or the, or, or the, or the Hinayana, Hinayanas have. Okay. And it ranges from very worldly things into very super worldly things, like being able to uh, help someone who is, uh, uh, well, let's make it a bit more <laughs> realistic, uh, someone who is not in the same space as you are. Okay. Being able to directly help them. We're not talking about, you know, wishing them well while you're here. Actually help them in a palpable, uh, definite way, the same way you would help someone in your same space. Okay? The same space as your body. Okay, let's say it, put it that way. Okay, how do, are you able to do such a thing? How, what do you do to actually uh, arrive at this ability? It, it comes from made, uh, tranquility and insight. And tranquility is... All the different kinds of meditations, all the different kinds of states of meditations, and all the different 
methods of arriving at the different kinds of, of, of meditations. And they're sometimes called absorptions, and they're uh, very, very, very badly translated sometimes as trances. Okay. Because uh, when you think of trance, there's a sense of not being able, not, the sense of uh, lack of awareness, a sense of lack of control in, a, in the trance. Okay. But in meditative, in, when you're in meditative state, you're in complete awareness of what's going on, and you're in complete control of what the outcome that you, you're trying to bring about. Okay. So don't spend too much time, I'm not saying don't learn, but learn the different, all the different things that, you, that, that goes into the category of knowledge, which for us is just information. Okay, you may know what, what Nagarjuna said about this topic and that topic, but for, as far as we are concerned, it's just information. It's not knowledge. Okay, so yes, it goes into that category that, that will later on become knowledge. Okay, uh, but you must try uh, look for a method that will get you to experience, have actual experience of tranquility. An actual experience of tranquility is not a fantasy. It's not a wish. It's not uh, some abstract experience. It's a definite experience. An experience that can be repeated over and over whenever you, whenever you, you want to. Okay? But you have to go through the steps, go through the process, get to an actual experience of tranquility, not a taste of it ten years later where you can tell you, oh yeah, I, I remember that. I had a taste of that once. Okay? But something that you can go into at will okay? when, when, when you need it. Uh, so, so don't worry too much about all the different methods that will get you to experience tranquility. They're all wonderful methods, and they're all uh, legitimate methods. And as far as um, as long as they come from some legitimate source, you don't have to be to worry too much about uh, about side effects. I thought we were supposed to go in tranquility for. No, uh, well, eventually, <laughs> but you must have at least uh, be able to get there first, okay? Be able to actually experience it. Not on vac. I'm not talking about going on vacation and then you know, sitting on the beach and then experiencing the breeze. I'm not talking about that kind of tranquility, okay? Mm. I'm talking about a state of mind that you enter into, where you, there are definite experiences that you're able to uh, identify, okay? You're able to say, look, my senses are shut off from, from outside, from being able to, uh, from picking up things from the outside. I am experiencing bliss right now. Uh, I'm, I'm able to perceive in a non-dualistic way. Well, not able to say it, but you're able to, <laughs> to discern it. Okay? So you must be able to have, it. these things must be present. They must be vivid. They must be they must have a sense of being real experiences for you that can be repeated, that can be re-experienced re, uh, again, okay? On your way to tranquility, on your way to uh, getting to, to, that, to, that, to that experience, there will be incredible experiences, incredible visions, and everyone, well, every serious teacher says, that these themselves, if you indulge in them, they are become distractions. What does that mean? They become distractions. 
they actually keep you away from actually experiencing tranquility. Okay. So don't be too caught up with those visions, with those beautiful experiences that are not themselves. You can say, oh yeah, that's uh, 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 that's that's A, that's B, that's C. These are the definite qualities I'm supposed to be experiencing in meditation, in meditative state itself. Um, and, and they will be very incredible, very seemingly very spirit, deeply spiritual, moving experiences. Uh, and this is what uh, Ken Rinpoche said. If, you can, if they don't repeat, if they haven't just once, that was a distraction. And he even said that it could have been a demon. Okay? In what sense is it, was it a demon? You have this beautiful experience and you think you had this incredible spiritual event that took place. And you say that, okay, and when you have the conviction that was a spiritual event, then it's sort of like you reach your, your, the aim of having to meditate. Then there's no need to do any more. And that's the kind of message that is left in the mind, even though you go and sit again. Okay? Because you've had this, because you place so much importance on that experience, then it becomes the, the ultimate aim. It becomes the goal that has been achieved. That's why it's called a demon, and it could, and, and it's not, it's, it's not something uh, that is evident, like uh, you know, some some dark figure came and then with horns and then was blowing fire out of its uh, nose or something like that. It, it will not be that evident. As a matter of fact, if you see a being like that, that might be a good sign. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But if you see something very angelic and makes you feel good, and it doesn't re- it, it doesn't repeat that, and then and you keep wanting that experience to come back again, that could have been a demon. Okay. Um, the only the only uh, uh, the only appearance that a demon cannot imitate is a fully enlightened being. But anything close to that, they can imitate. They can show you, you know, oh, these, these are your past lives, these are your future lives. Uh, you were a great king before, you know, the world has so many beautiful things to offer you. You can be a king again, you know, things like that, okay? Making the worldly more more attractive, more attractive, making the, the ultimate end of the spiritual path becomes less relevant, less relevant, less relevant. Okay. All right. So, uh, but before these beautiful demons or beautiful angels uh, appear in your in your meditation, you will have just uh, just your mind making making things up. Okay. Other than what I just said, <laughs> uh, like as you are on your way to just tranquility itself. All of a sudden, there might be a, a, a vision, a clear vision of something, like you see yourself in some landscape, or, uh, or a, vi- a memory becomes very clear and vivid to you that it seems like it's something that's happening at the, at the very moment. That was not your aim. Remember that. Your aim wasn't to one day see this beautiful uh, 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 landscape. Okay, if you want to see beautiful landscape, you don't need to go into meditation to do it. Okay, 
right? We have internet and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but when you see those beautiful landscapes in your vision, that's also a good sign. But the thing is, don't make it, don't make too much a big, don't make too, too big, too much of a big deal out of it. Okay? It's a good sign. It means you're about to enter tranquility. Something is happening to the mind. It's loosening up, and then certain things are being, you know, just being released. And you experience the release of these things as some sort of an experience that you identify with. And, it, and they're not necessarily uh, visions. They could be, and they could come up in all sorts of ways of experience. It could be an intense moment of sadness, where you have no idea where the sadness is coming from, or intense moment of joy, where you have no idea where the joy is coming from. It's just release, okay? That's happening, okay? Just know that oh, that's, um, that's this is supposed to happen while I'm on my way to tranquility. Okay? Don't let them become something for you to. Don't let them do what they they're there to do, to distract you. Right, so, yes. At the beginning, when you were explaining between the meditated state and the motivation, uh -huh. the object of your meditation, if we don't get the If you don't get to the motivation? To the meditative state. How I know that I'm in the meditative state so I can bring the object of my meditation? Okay, well, that's uh, two steps, two, 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 two things that are going on at the same time. While you're trying to conjure up the object of your meditation, you're approaching the meditative state. Mm -hmm. So the, the process of conjuring it up brings you into the meditative state. Once you are in the meditative state, the object appears vividly, strikingly vivid, more vivid than your senses could, could, could directly perceive anything. Then when the, when, when the object is appearing in that vivid, clear state, then you know your meditative state. And, and, and it will be accompanied by other kinds of experiences also. So you think that the meditative state depends on the object of your meditation, if the object of your meditation is very you know, simple or very um, material and not very, like, I don't know, love or compassion, but something like, I don't know, a car or something like that, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to, to affect the state of meditation, the object of your meditation? If the more familiar you are with the object already, the easier for that object the conjuring of the object to bring you to a meditative state. The less familiar you are with the object, the more time it will take for that object or the conjuring of that object to take you to a meditative state. So for example, if you take like the object of your meditation, like compassion, that is uh -huh. something, or patience, that is something like... Abstract. I'm not mm -hmm. Abstract that I'm not familiar with is going mm -hmm. to be more difficult. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it would be easier to, to meditate in a cat or something familiar. Well, uh, you, you want to meditate on something that 
subconsciously has other things that we bring up. Like, like for example, if a, you, a car, for example, if you if you have a, uh, uh, um, let's say. Uh, I make it easy. Uh, a dysfunctional relationship with cars, even though at that moment you're not thinking about the dysfunctional relationship that you have with the car, with car in general, the image will bring that those up in the unconscious. And then the more subtle, the more uh, at uh, at ease the mind becomes then the more clear, the more vivid these dysfunctional uh, uh, relationship relating will, will come up. And they become, they themselves become a, a, a distraction. So I guess that my question is, what is a good object of meditation? Like personal concerns or personal goals or universal needs or... When you say an object of meditation, you're talking about like a goal of the meditation, yeah. or you're talking about what you are meditating on. That goal, what we all want to become Buddha, a Buddha mm-hmm. one one day. That's a goal. It's also called an object. Okay, so you're doing different things so that eventually you end up being a Buddha. But the object of meditation can be the image of a Buddha. So you're not so much concerned about becoming a Buddha, but more in a sense of you're just looking at the image of a Buddha. You're trying to conjure up the image of a Buddha in your mind. So the image of the Buddha is an object in terms of it helps you get you into a meditative state. The goal is once you've arrived at the meditative state, what, are you, what, what do you want to come out of that? That's the goal. That's to become a Buddha would be an example. So we all are meditating in the same thing? Not necessarily. Necessarily. Yeah. I mean, two people can be saying that, okay, I want to become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings, but they have different ideas of what, what it means to become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings. But if they, they can both be uh, conjuring up the image of, a, of a, image of a Buddha, so that's the same object of meditation. So right now, the meditation that we're supposed to do is conjuring up the image of the a moon or the image of light. So you will go through the process where you think you're seeing it, you th- but it's not quite there. And when you think you're seeing it, you look to see if you're seeing it, it goes away. So you go through these different various uh, uh, experiences. And eventually it seems to appear somewhere in the corner of your mind and you, you seem like you need to turn to, uh, for you to see it clearly. And eventually, it will appear in your mind vividly as if you were staring at the moon right in front of you. So that's now you have conjured up the object of your meditation. And in the, in the, in the journey where you actually have the image clearly appear, you're slowly entering uh, a meditative state. And you start to experience those attributes more intensely, more intensely, more intensely, until they are vivid, like the sense of, clarity of the mind, the sense of luminosity of the mind, the sense of uh, bliss, blissful experience of the mind. These have become vivid, actual experiences that you can discern or look at the bliss, look at the one-pointedness, look at the this, and they will not go away while you're looking at them. 
while you're discerning them. Uh, and, and again, as you are on your way of having this image being conjured up in your mind, other images will appear very clearly, very vividly. And they will disappear. And, and you shouldn't say, oh, this one came in clear, let me just forget about this one and just stick with that one. What you're doing is you're training your mind to be distracted. Just throw anything at me, I'll run after it like a, like a dog, like a puppy. Okay. So, you know, you're supposed to say, no, the image that I want is the moon. And don't stop until you bring me the moon. And you keep going towards that. No matter what else comes, comes to you, no matter how vivid they come to you. So that would be like the process. And so the image of the moon is the object of the meditation, but it's not, but not necessarily the goal of why you're meditating. You are conjuring up the image of the moon so you can get into the, an experience of the true, of what are called the conventional, an approximate conventional nature of the mind. Okay, here it is. The reason that we've been meditating on seeing the moon so that we can have an actual approximate experience of the conventional nature of the mind. And, when, and once you're able to have that experience, then it's easy to switch to getting into an ultimate nature of the mind. Because there's something about the conventional nature of the mind and the ultimate nature of the mind that is very, very, very similar in appearance. <laughs> okay. and, the, and the goal for doing that eventually is to... Uh, become a Buddha, become an Arahat, become, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say it, but get psychic powers, <laughs> okay, whatever you want to make the end stop, okay, this is where I've reached, okay, this is where I stop, okay, that's the goal, all right, so one, one last thing about that, if your goal is to become a Buddha, the object of the meditation is not a Buddha, necessarily. You understand the distinction? Not yet? No. Okay, so we, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's bring the moon. In trying to conjure up the moon, don't conjure up the moon. <laughs> but be aware of what's happening as you are conjuring up the moon. <laughs> it sounds cryptic, but I'm not being cryptic. <laughs> okay. This is going to sound poetic, but I'm being very, very uh, uh, concrete. Rest in the bliss. Okay. All right. So you have your motivation. conjure up the moon
and just enjoy the ride.
being aware of the level of tranquility within that tranquility allow your heart to embrace all beings seeing their conditions embrace them with the compassion whatever striving they are doing. They are striving to achieve, to experience a taste of that tranquility you are now experiencing. Unfortunately, their striving is driven by delusion. So they are made to be convinced that they have to harm someone to experience it. So while embracing them in this compassion, make a gift of the tranquility you're experiencing so that they can become free from that delusion that they need to harm someone to experience tranquility. dedication, dedicate the power of this session to the achievement of your ultimate goal, Bring your attention back to the breath. Become aware of the breath that has warmth, coolness. And let that awareness bring you to the awareness of the body that is subject to gravity. Gravity. 